0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to my first ever Q&A podcast episode. I'm really excited. You guys sent me a ton of really good questions. So I'm just kind of going off the cuff with these. I didn't really plan out my answers. I just typed out all the questions um, and put them into categories. So I'm going to chat about intuitive eating first and then I'll dive into the personal questions and then finish off with the manifesting questions. So I'll put in the show notes if you're more interested in one thing or the other, you can just skip to that part of the podcast and I, I'll i see how long this gets and then we might put it into two episodes, but we will see. So um, if you did want to um, throw in some questions for the next time that I do this. I'll typically post it on my Instagram at training by Tara Burnett, also on my Facebook page, which is training by Tara Burnett. So that's easy. So you can check it out there, follow me there. And then next time I do a Q&A, you can throw in your questions. So let's dive into intuitive eating first. So the first question was, what do you do when you're constantly craving bad sugars? So first of all, don't call them bad sugars. We will really want to get into the spot where all food is neutral, it's all the same. So basically what we're saying there is you're craving carbohydrates, so you need to eat more carbs. If you are constantly craving carbs and sugar, you're not getting enough glucose and carbohydrates into your diet. So I would really try and just fully allow them and notice how you feel. So that's the key. This is the surrender part of intuitive eating and trusting your body. If your body is craving sugar, give it the sugar see how it feels maybe the next day it will crave like a little bit more complex carbohydrates like whole wheat bread quinoa etc maybe it won't maybe it will but just notice it and when you eat the sugar notice okay it's just making me feel my best kind of like happiest high vibration self or do i want to incorporate more complex carbohydrates and i notice like I will crave a lot of sugars if I'm not eating enough throughout the day. So I really try and make sure I have like a full um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner that are be- balanced well in carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And I also have some snacks in there. And then if I'm still craving the sugar, like I know that's what my body wants. And um, so that is key. Make sure you're eating enough carbs. Don't put them into a good and bad category and just allow them. And don't judge yourself there's no judgment allowed in intuitive eating um next question how do you do how do you deal with negative feelings upon seeing a photo of yourself that you hate delete it right away delete it move on if you can't delete it don't look at it again um i know that sounds kind of like a simplified answer but that's truly what i did when i was struggling with body image and i saw a photo of myself that i hated i simply Um, I would glance at it and I was like, oh, don't like that photo. I'm either going to delete it or I'm just never going to look at it again if it's on someone else's phone or Facebook or whatever. And don't torture yourself by looking at it and really focusing on all the things you hate. Stop looking at it right away and come back to gratitude for your body. So I would say I'm perfectly imperfect. I'm beautiful just as I am. And I would really focus on my self-talk because glancing at the photo is probably not the problem, but it's the train of thoughts that are coming after you see yourself in that photo. So you see yourself, you can either glance at it and be like, "Ugh, don't love that photo. Don't need to think about it again or you can see yourself not love the photo and then go into this like negative spiral of negative self-talk. So I really encourage you, don't overanalyze photos, delete them um, and start focusing on some positive self-talk, watch your thoughts, and this is gonna get easier and easier and easier. It's harder at the beginning, but that was the best thing that I ever did was stop dwelling on myself in photos. If I see a photo of myself I don't like, I simply delete it and move on. Um And then I have a question from a vegan. So she's craving, she or he is craving non-vegan foods and then feeling shame when eating it. So my first question is, are you vegan for ethical reasons? Um, I don't believe in having shame around any food. So I really just want you to release the pressure there. So if you're craving non-vegan things, I personally would just allow them. But if that is not in line with your ethical reasons, then see if there's ways that you can um, honor those cravings that are vegan. So, but if, if you are just like really attached the label of being vegan, that might just be your ego talking. Perhaps you could be 90% vegan. You're still making a huge positive impact on the world and then still have those non-vegan things when you're craving them. And just remember, you don't need to be perfect to to create change. You don't need to be perfect to be a vegan. You don't need to put yourself in a box. Um. Just allow yourself to take away the labels and be like, yeah, okay. Most of the time, I'm a vegan, and sometimes I'm gonna have those things here and there that aren't vegan, and that's totally okay. You don't need to make this into a bad thing or feel guilt and shame around it. Um. The next question. I thought I had another question from the vegan, but I don't see it. Um. and then someone else asked, are all calories the same? So yes, calories are the same, but macronutrients are different. So macronutrients are the proteins, carbs, and fats, and that's what's making up the majority of your food. But a calorie is a calorie. If you're going to dive deeper into it, that's when you dive into the macronutrients and micronutrients like the vitamins and minerals. But I believe the more we can make all food neutral, the better off we will be. So Instead of judging the calories of something, I want you to put the focus back on yourself. Look into your thoughts and your vibration while you're eating it. If you are eating something that you would label as junk food, and I really want you guys to get away from labeling anything, period, (laughs) Um, and you're sitting there thinking like, oh my gosh, this is bad, I'm I'm being bad today. uh, I'm going to gain weight. Then of course, that's what you're going to bring on. And that's the state that you're in when you're consuming it versus, oh my gosh, this food is delicious. I'm going to enjoy every single bite and move forward with my day. And it's the same thing as, as like seeing the photo and then moving on right away. It's just like, If you eat an apple, you're not sitting there overanalyzing it and feeling guilty for the rest of the day versus you eat a chocolate bar and you're overanalyzing and feeling guilty, even if you had the same amount of calories. So we just need to take away the labels, make all foods neutral, And then it just becomes a case of, what am I craving? Okay, I I want a chocolate bar. Then that's fine, enjoy the chocolate bar, but don't let it spiral into this negative thinking for the rest of the day, that's where we're getting into trouble. It's not the chocolate bar, it's the thoughts and the actions that are coming after the chocolate bar, if that makes sense. So. If you're eating a food and then feeling guilt and shame, which is leading to probably not really wanting to work out, not really wanting to feel confident in your body, not really wanting to like put yourself out there and maybe not wanting to cook a new healthy meal because you're steeped in guilt and shame, that's what's causing the problem, not the chocolate bar. So I just want you to really examine your thoughts and focus on if you do have something and you're noticing some guilt crop up around it just move right on. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Um, Next question was, can you lose weight by just changing your diet or do you have to work out? And you can lose weight however you want. Um, if you think that you have to work out just because that's how you worded the question, I would say that you haven't really found a workout routine that you love because honestly, I try to look at working out as something that I get to do. Like it is a privilege to be able to move our bodies and feel energized and it should feel fun and something that you look forward to. So I would see if you're trying to force yourself to do something that you don't enjoy, then ditch it. Look at around try out different classes try out different things that feel good in moving your body and you don't need to be doing like a crazy hardcore workout every single day to lose weight you don't need to work out at all to lose weight but working out is more beneficial for your brain your muscles your body your energy your vibration it's really going to pick up your life and your confidence and help you feel strong and empowered so no you don't need to work out but i would just kind of dive a little deeper into that question and wonder why you don't want to work out. So just finding something that you love to do can really make a huge impact on your life. Next question was, um, how do you how do you do intuitive eating when you want to eat healthy and stay fit, but don't want to count and track food? That is easy, so you never need to count or track food and you're already you're already there. You already want to eat healthy and stay fit. so all you need to do is listen to your body. Eat the healthy foods that you love when you 're hungry and when you 're craving them, and stop when you feel satisfied and it, and like if you it's it's kind of like how I eat. I naturally want to feel energized and healthy and fit, so I naturally crave like mostly nutrient dense foods, but I also have lots of room in my diet for the Oreos and the wine and the cookies and the ice cream. Um, Staying fit is obviously separate from the food, but along the same lines, like if you want to be fit, you're going to want to work out and you're obviously already enjoying that fit and healthy lifestyle. So it shouldn't even be kind of a question. If you are like, I love being healthy and staying fit, then you're naturally going to love eating those healthy foods and love your routine, your fitness routine. And if you don't, and you're trying to force yourself into it, then I would take a step back and realign your goals and be like, okay, what feels really good for me? What is going to feel best in my body? And you can always eat intuitively, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your lifestyle is, like intuitive eating is naturally how we're born to eat it's just bringing it back to the basics there's no need for us to be controlling our food intake our calories our carbs our proteins our fat like that is a huge like crazy belief that's been built up over centuries and we need to start stop letting go of all that control and just allow our bodies to tell us what we need so you can totally be healthy and stay fit and you don't need to track or count food. Like if you look at me and think I'm healthy and fit, like I don't track anything. I don't have a workout schedule. I don't have a certain like way that I need to eat. I just really tune into my body. I notice when I'm hungry, I check in. I'm like, okay, what am I craving? And then I just like eat that food, stop when I feel satisfied. There's no like other thoughts around it, and you just move on. It's just, I know that sounds oversimplified, but it really is that simple. Next question, how do you let go of the guilt for eating crap after a good workout? So first, don't call it crap. (laughs) Um, So let go of eating like or feeling guilt period. I don't care if you worked out or you laid in bed all day. You should not feel guilty for eating any food, no matter what the content of the food is. So I really want you guys to start thinking like food is food is food. If everything is neutral, then there's no difference between eating a chocolate or an apple. Um, flip your thinking around to know that you're always honoring your cravings and your body knows what it needs. I would watch out for your thoughts, though. So perhaps you're forcing yourself into a workout. And then you're like, well, I deserve to eat this, like donut or whatever, because I worked out and like that is a societal kind of external validation type thing. Whereas if you were coming internally, you would want to work out and you wouldn't feel the need to reward yourself after a workout, because the workout in itself was a reward. So watch out for If you are living in a space of, I'm going to force myself to work out and then you find yourself later on being like, I deserve this because I worked out. Instead, I just want you to flip your thinking around to be like, I love to work out. And then if I want to have a donut after, I'll have it and I'll enjoy it and it doesn't matter. But you may not even want the donut after when working out feels so good, if that makes sense. So just approaching the workout from a different way. Um, tuning into what your body wants all the time is going to result in never needing to feel guilty or never needing to question what you're eating so like know that if you eat something that you are judging after a workout and also the term like good workout so i feel like there's a lot of judgments going on here so first of all you're feeling guilty for eating crap which is like a judgment in itself labeling the food crap and then you're calling a workout good which is another judgment so you could go for a walk and then eat a donut and it's the same thing as killing it in the gym session and then having a salad. Like, start looking at everything you do as neutral. Focus on what feels good in your body. So instead of like labeling it good or bad or or um, like that was worth it or that was not worth it, I just want you to tune into how it feels and notice what you're craving. So we're kind of bringing it back to... Internal focus instead of external focus, so your workout should feel enjoyable and you love it and it's what you wanted to do, and the food you eat after that should feel enjoyable and you love it and it's what you wanted to eat. Hopefully that makes sense. It makes sense in my mind, but I've also feel like I've gone so far into the intuitive eating that now I'm not sure if I'm explaining it well enough if that makes sense. <laughs> um, next question, how does intuitive eating fit in with training for an endurance sport like a triathlon? so I totally ate intuitively all throughout my marathon training. I noticed I was definitely craving a lot more carbs. I started incorporating cereal into most days just because that's what I was craving. It's like I hadn't really eaten cereal for years, but all of a sudden I I couldn't stop thinking about cereal. Um, but I didn't prescribe to the new normal nutrition recommendations of like, you should have this many carbs before a long run. Like I always had my protein bar and a coffee, and that's what I craved, and that's what I loved, and that's what felt best, and that's what I ate before my 42-kilometer marathon. And I feel like I did very well on that. So I feel like if you're tuned into your body, you're naturally going to eat what you need. It's just like those runners in the I forget what it's called. But in that book, book, um, eat, eat and run by Scott Jurek. They're like these crazy distance runners, like way out in the Amazon. They're running in like bare feet. They're not tracking their calories and carbs and whatever. They're just eating what they're craving. And they are amazing endurance athletes so I believe that you can trust your body and notice what you're craving and sometimes you're gonna crave a little more carbohydrates sometimes you're gonna crave a little more protein and fat and if you are tuned into that you're gonna be getting exactly what you need especially if you already have the knowledge of nutrition in the back of your mind you're naturally going to probably crave like those foods that you know are kind of quote-unquote good for you um, if you're getting into a really high-level elite status like Olympic status Um, obviously they get like really into the nutrition stuff, but I would also argue that you don't need to, I have heard of amazing athletes, Courtney DeWalter, who's like a long distance ultra marathon runner who like smashed all the boys in like, by like 12 hours in this ultra endurance race. She's, she's been, she was interviewed on a podcast and she said, yeah, I eat nachos, I drink beer. I eat candy while I run. Like she is not worried about the nutrition perhaps she could be a better runner if she did perhaps she couldn't be I believe it comes down to your beliefs and I believe that if we're tuned into our body we're going to be getting exactly what we need so I would just um, see how that feels for you notice like okay what am I actually craving what do I actually want and see how that affects your performance And then another question was, how do you get over the planning to binge? That is a great question. So when I was really struggling with the binge eating, I had a lot of like that pre-planning going on where I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this store and then this store and I'm going to pick up all these foods and then I'm going to go here. And honestly, it was just really incorporating the mindfulness and the meditation was huge because it was like. By the time I started planning it, I was already so deep into the binge in my mind that stopping myself felt like kind of impossible. So when I would notice the thoughts start going towards, oh, I'm going to go pick up this food at the grocery store, then I would stop myself immediately and I'd be like, okay, Tara, why why do you want to go pick up a four liter of ice cream right now? What is the reasoning? What are you feeling? Are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling anxious? How can we honor this feeling? Um... Are you actually hungry? Like just really kind of like digging in and questioning myself. And the more that I was able to notice my thoughts, notice my feelings, and then feel the feelings, that's what I needed to do. Because for so long the binge eating was just a result of covering up the feelings that I didn't want to feel. And once I started allowing myself to feel the feelings, the binge urges went away as long, along with the planning the urges to binge, or sorry, planning the binges. So yes, I cry a lot more these days and I'm more emotional, but I'm not binging anymore because I'm just allowing myself to be and I'm not forcing myself to cover up my emotions and binge eat over them. I'm just allowing myself when I'm sad, I feel sad and when I'm angry, I feel angry and I notice that it it goes through me so quickly and I can get back to a high vibe state and the, the urge to binge doesn't even come up anymore. So that is my biggest tip is like really focus on the mindfulness, the meditation, um, noticing your thoughts. And like the second you start to notice your thoughts spiraling into planning a binge, sit back, take a deep breath and just bring it back to like, what do I actually need right now? And what's going on in my mind right now? And can I just sit with this and feel this and know that as humans, we have the capacity to feel all the emotions that are in our spectrum of emotions. Like we are built to feel these emotions. And that was really empowering for me to know, like the worst thing that's going to happen to me is I'm going to feel an emotion. And yes, sometimes that feels very hard and very scary, especially with anxiety. Like obviously I don't love to like sit in and just feel the anxiety like that fucking sucks. But the more I do it, the faster it goes through me, the faster it moves on and it goes away. So surrender to the feelings and let yourself feel them and then you will no longer need to binge and the last question about food is what do you do when you've completely fallen off the wagon and can't seem to get back into it so i would encourage you to stop labeling a on or off on the wagon off the wagon you're making it into like a bigger deal than it is so if you don't want to work out don't work out. If you still are feeling like, oh, I, I'm kind of feeling like I want to work out, then maybe you just need to start smaller, like go for a walk. Um, sometimes just allowing that time to pass until you crave like a workout and healthy food again is just what you need. And if you're fine, you're thinking about it and you're maybe continuously, continuously self sabotaging. That brings me back to the other question. Like, are you working out because you want to, or are you working out because you're forcing yourself to, because those are two different things. So making sure you're loving your workout routine and I want to be careful because I know she comes to my hit classes. Um, but, um, if you aren't loving your workouts then like maybe you need to change up the workouts and if you're not wanting to do those then maybe you need to do something else and go for a walk and and know that you don't have to do stop shooting yourself like you don't have to do these crazy intense workouts every day to see results if you want to go for a walk go for a walk if you want to lay in bed Lay in bed and notice how your body's feeling. You may want to lay in bed one day and then the next day you'll be like, wow, I feel so much more energized and now I'm craving like that good sweaty workout. And that's usually what happens to me. Sometimes it takes a few days. Um, but know that there's no on or off the wagon. There's only one path and that's just daily forward motion. And the days are going to pass by regardless of what you do. So you just want to focus on what feels best. Like what makes you feel amazing? What is going to feel amazing for you today? And I feel like that's the key. Because if, if I was constantly thinking like, Oh, my God, I'm off the wagon, like, of course, it's hard to get back on it. But like, I never think that I've fallen off track. Even if a month goes by, and I haven't worked out, I would never say, Oh, I'm off track, or I've fallen off the wagon. I'm just like, you know, this is my life. I'm just every day I wake up, and I do what I need to do. And like, if I don't work out for a month, and that's just, That's just what happens, like there's no judgments placed on it. So a lot of these questions are coming back to the same thing, taking away the judgments. The minute we start labeling things as good and bad, then we're building up guilt and shame, and then you're making everything so much harder and more difficult and more confusing. Whereas if we just followed our intuition and goes with what feels good, we're naturally going to get exactly what we need. So this is coming back to trust again. Um, And if you haven't listened to my podcast on surrender, I highly recommend it because I know it can be scary when we've raised, we've been raised in the society of like, you must force yourself to work eight hours a day. You must force yourself to hit the gym four times a week. You must eat like, like this to see results when really, if we just let go of every single external rule and regulation and just allowed ourselves to feel good, you would truly end up feeling amazing and getting exactly what you needed just like trusting that you're not going to end up laying in bed all day watching netflix and eating chocolate for the rest of your life like i promise you that does not feel good maybe it feels good for a day but it's going to balance out so give yourself some trust know that you don't need to force yourself to get like back to the gym or whatever know that you're naturally going to want to come back if that is the right path for you and if that's in alignment for you so focus on what feels good and follow what feels good and you truly can't go wrong. So one other question was about kind of goal setting and setting intentions and feeling like maybe you're somebody that sets intentions, but then you kind of get stuck. Like you get in your head and you start second guessing it and you're filled with doubt and then you kind of can't get anywhere. Um, For example, like So the person that asked this question said, like, I feel like if I write something down, it means I have to do it. And then if I don't do it, I'm failing. And then thinking outside of the box is really scary because she feels like she should be satisfied with where she is. Um, And also as a mom, some of, which I'm sure so many moms can relate to this, like some of the dreams that she's thinking of are more like for her kids' dreams, not her own. And she'd rather stay where she is because she's more comfortable and second guessing herself. So I wanted to address that because I think that is, so many people struggle with this and I also struggle with it. So first of all, writing something down does not mean you have to do it. So just get that out of your head. That's like all or nothing mentality. That's like saying, I mean, I don't know, just try to get rid of that belief. Like. If you write something down, that's awesome. You're setting the intention, but it, it, it's not going to always be in alignment. I've written down many, many goals that I have not completed and I do not think I'm a failure. And I always thought that being a personal trainer was my lifelong goal, but that's shifted and your life is going to change all the time. So I believe in really following what feels good and staying in alignment. And then that is going to lead you to where you want to go. So if that hopefully that helps like not thinking that you need to just set this goal and that you have to stick with it like if it doesn't feel good anymore then it doesn't feel good anymore and that's totally okay and I've had so many goals that I've like just let slide by and that doesn't mean I failed it just means like my priorities have shifted um and then about Thinking outside the box, feeling scary, like that is normal. So right now you are living in your comfort zone and it's scary to put yourself out there even in your head setting goals. Um, a lot of people probably struggle with thinking big because they're like, oh my gosh, And that's another thing. That's like another fear of failure. It's like you're scared to think big because you're scared to then write it down and then you're scared to fail. So you've got a lot of fear working against you, which is not going to be helpful in reaching your goals. So maybe instead of thinking of it as this like all or nothing, I must achieve this and or I'm going to fail. I love thinking of it. I've heard this recently in a book about a project versus a goal. And A goal is something you fail at until you succeed and a project you are successful at until you fail. So it's like you're living in that mode of like, I'm succeeding as long as I'm like going towards it. So I encourage you to know that growing growth is like the most empowering and amazing part of life. And if you are staying in your comfort zone forever, think of it as like you are living in this tiny box um, of your life. And there's so much beauty and magic and amazing things. And all you need to do is like, open up the box, think bigger and step outside your box. And you see this whole entire beautiful, wonderful world, but you're like choosing to stay inside this dark little box because it's scary to open the box. I don't know if that's helpful, but, um, just having faith that no matter what we're going to live and we're going to die. So do you want to live your life inside that box or do you want to step outside it and see what else is out there and see what feels good for you? You can always go back to the box if you want. There's nobody saying that you need to like step outside and set all these big goals and you can't go back to where you were. But I assure you that you probably won't. Um, So and also knowing that that whole should thing of I should feel satisfied with where I am like that is so silly because we have our desires for a reason. So if there is something like kind of burning on you that you feel like you want to do, I really encourage you to pursue that. It was the same thing with me pursuing the Manifest Mondays. Like I I should totally feel satisfied with where I am with the gym and all of that. And that's great. And I was satisfied and I love my life and I always believe in being grateful, but that doesn't mean we can't have more and do more and be more and share more of ourselves with the world and share our gifts with the world. And if there's something that is calling to you, I, I look at it as like, you're holding that back from, from the world and helping other people. Like it's not just for you. And that's how I feel about like shifting my career. Um, satisfaction is always going to be a choice and you can stay in your box and feel totally happy and satisfied with where you are or you can step out of the box and feel totally unhappy and satisfied with a bigger life so it's always going to be come back to your thoughts and come back to being a choice um so you can kind of choose um if if some of your dreams are more your kids dreams not your own um I mean, I don't have kids, but I could, I've heard a lot of moms say that to me, like they don't even know what they want because all they can think about is their children, which I'm sure so many moms would relate to that. Um, I would start small and think about like, just what feels good for you from day to day. Like what is something that you want to add to your life? Something small. It doesn't need to be this huge new career shift where you have to worry about the kids. Um. And, of course, it's okay to manifest, like, your children growing up beautiful and healthy and happy and, and like, pursuing their dreams. And that's another thing that might help you, motivate you to kind of, like, push out of your comfort zone. Do you want your kids to always just be satisfied with where they are and, like, just stay right where they are because they're scared of growth and being uncomfortable or do you want them to go out into the world and see what feels good for them and like really pursue their passions and let let that light them up like think of what you want for your children i want you to want that for yourself as well um and then just second guessing yourself um that's hard like hmm I would say instead of trying to sp- pick this specific job and be like, okay, this is what I want, and then second guessing yourself, like, oh, that's not super right for me. Instead of trying to be so specific on what you're manifesting or setting goals for, be more specific on how you want to feel, and not trying to pick this like perfect job because it might not even be, it might not even exist yet. Like, think of all the YouTubers that are now making millions of dollars. That was never a job, but they followed what felt good and it turned into this like very lucrative career so instead of saying like okay well I want to be this but I'm not sure and I'm second guessing and maybe it wouldn't be good for that or that or that set out the intentions of I want to make this much money I want to work these hours I love working with children i want to be um outdoors i want to be working with animals like what are the things that you want to do and that's how i am creating my career right now like i want to be working with people um but not for the entire day because it drains me i want to still teach a class every day because i li- it lights me up but not all day long i want to have freedom in my day and freedom in my schedule and be able to work from my laptop but i like and that's not a specific job, but I'm following that and I'm creating what that leads me to, if that makes sense. So it's the same thing as just being open and not worrying about the how. So instead of trying to pick a specific job, I encourage you to rather just think about what you want, how you want to feel, what does it look like? What is your dream day? That's what I did. I just wrote out my dream day without worrying about how am I going to get there? Is that going to work for me? Like that's just, that is the second guessing part. So If you know what you want, then you know what you want and there's no need to second guess it. So I would just dig more into your feelings as opposed to trying to get really nitty gritty into like, this is my job that I want to pursue and how the heck am I going to do that? And is that going to work? Because that's just going to keep you spiraling in self-doubt. Um, and never taking any action because it doesn't feel good to take action from that place. So get an alignment, think about what you love, do with things you love every day. And it's going to show itself. It's just like with my shift into the manifesting dream body and the online courses. It's like, I just love that stuff. And I started studying it and going to conferences and meeting people. And I just started talking about it and it kind of shifted into a new career. So I hope that helps. And, um, next question. Okay. So now we're diving into the few personal questions that you guys asked and, um, I'm just going to dive right into it. Um, and I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here. So the question was, how did you get through your recent heartbreak? So for those of you that don't really know me and my story, I was previously engaged and I ended that relationship and, um, basically what happened was he was an amazing person and I will always respect him and care for him. But, um, throughout the relationship, relationship, I had periods of doubt and uncertainty. And I always had that little like niggle inside that was like, this, this isn't right. And I tried to ignore it for a long time and make it work and, and like obviously I loved this person and um, I tried to keep justifying it in my mind but eventually I had to follow my heart and for anyone that's struggling with that same thing I believe that you are what's meant for you won't miss you so if you're meant to be with whoever it is you will be and um, I think obviously you cannot commit your life to somebody that you are uncertain about or going through those periods of uncertainty. So um, I ended the relationship and that certainly um, was helpful in the heartbreak because I knew deep down I was doing the right thing and it was going to be better for the both of us in the long run. So I was able to kind of stay true to myself um, and Honestly, like getting through a breakup is just letting yourself feel the feelings, feel the emotions, let yourself be sad. It's okay to miss that person. That doesn't mean that they're the right person Um, and a lot of self-love. So really recognizing that at the end of the day, I am the only person that needs to make myself happy and i can't depend on external um, sources for validation and my happiness and that was a really empowering thing that i've realized in the last few months is just really recognizing like i have the power to control how i feel and my own happiness and self-love and that is an amazing feeling and just knowing that you don't need anyone else to give that to you so if you are currently single or going through a breakup know that um, it all comes down to your own, like, self worth and your own self love. So, if you are single and struggling or in a relationship and struggling, either way, I really think it comes down to, like, honoring yourself and figuring out what you need and how can you give that to yourself. And I learned about that a lot on the retreat with Catherine in Bali and, um, just figuring out what, what makes you happy and the, the fact that you don't need somebody else to make you happy. So, Hopefully that helps. Let yourself feel the feelings, know that what's meant for you won't miss you. And if, if he, that person's not the person, it's only opening up to something more amazing and even better and creating space in your life for that person to show up. So trust that and trust that you can always take care of yourself and make yourself happy first. Next step. Okay. So next big thing on your vision board, what are you manifesting? So you know, what's funny is I have always gone through this period of constantly wanting to do the next big thing, the next big thing. And every time I would accomplish that next big thing, I would feel happy for about, I don't even know, an hour. And then I would, like I would, it's like you're right back to your baseline level of happiness. So I'm actually, my number one thing I'm manifesting right now is happiness. I am focused on making sure I am feeling my happiest and healthiest most high vibe self every single day. And that is hard for me because I am a high achiever. I want to make a certain amount of money. I want to have a really successful business. I want to be impressive to people. And I want people to like love and adore me. And um, there's a lot built up in my ego that I'm needing to let go of. So instead of trying to manifest like my next big month and all these things and income goals, I'm really putting my happiness first. And with that, I have been letting go of my personal training, which is really scary because it's like a main source of my income, but I'm really trusting that if I follow my happiness and I follow my heart, I cannot go wrong. Um, And then, of course, like I have things that are on my mind, like I have goals for my business, I have goals. Um, But right now, my thing that I'm manifesting is feeling my happiness every single day and seeing where that takes me and trusting that that is going to take me exactly where I need to be in the end. Next question is, where do you see your business in 5, 10, 15 years? Holy crap, that is a hard question. Um you know what, I've never been one for like five, 10 or 15 year plans, I really do just go with the flow. And um, I never could have expected the shift that my business has taken this past year. So in five years, when i'm 35 i definitely see myself having babies um i really want kids i want to get married i want to have a house so i think my business will take a bit of a back seat but i would love to continue the online digital courses i love doing that and i love the coaching so seeing how that fits into my scope is what i would love to continue doing um in 10 years i would love to be um doing motivational speaking around the world, having like a large following where I'm inspiring people every single day. And then in 45, I'd love to have like books and just really feel like I'm making an impact on the entire world. Like I would love or I will be that person that is shifting women's views of their bodies and shifting the diet culture and letting it be easy and letting women find love in their bodies and peace and freedom with food. And that is my number one goal. And however that looks in five, 10 or 15 years is probably how it's going to look. But I don't have like a set thing that I want to accomplish. I just really want to feel happy and make an impact. So that's kind of my goal. And Vimeo workouts. So for those of you who don't know, I do have a workout channel on Vimeo. It's $20 a month to subscribe. And I post workout videos on there. They're usually 10 to 20 minutes long. And typically 80 to 90% of them are body weight. But I also have TRX, dumbbells, and bands. And I have like 200 plus workout videos on there. And the question was, will I record more workouts from one of my followers? I took about a two-month hiatus. I just got so busy with... The manifesting dream body and the coaching and shifting my business and I was feeling very uninspired with the workouts and I, I just like was not I was like having to force myself to film them and I was just like oh my God, I just wasn't feeling it so I've been kind of waiting until I get that urge again to kind of get an alignment to create some videos and it, it's definitely happening. It's coming now that I've launched the manifesting dream body and I've given up personal training now over the next two weeks. I have a lot more time a, opening up in my schedule and my goal is to totally put a lot of love and attention into the Vimeo channel. So I want to do some more workout challenges for you guys. I want to film a whole bunch more workouts. So that is totally coming and I really appreciate your patience um, on the work and i apologize i just i just spent a whole year of filming and i just felt like i really needed a break and i've been trying out some different workout things and doing orange theory and just seeing what feels good for my body but i miss filming and i love creating workouts it's a great way for me to get creative so that will be happening very soon next question What's the biggest obstacle you had to overcome or let go of on this journey as a coach? So it's funny because I don't even really consider myself like a coach, but obviously I am a personal trainer, which is a form of a coach. And I've been doing this for so long that I fell in love with like helping people work through what they're going through and focus on their mindset. So I, I've gotten really into the coaching and reading books on it and I hired my own coach and, um, So the biggest obstacle was just letting go of, first of all, the judgments around, there's like this weird stigma around like, oh, you're a life coach. Like I wouldn't even call myself a life coach, really. Um, But just like saying, I don't know, I don't really like that term for some reason, but thinking first of all, like the judgments around it, like, oh, how are you going to make money doing that or that sort of thing? But I just think of myself as like, I'm inspiring people and I'm helping people through their journey of loving their body and finding freedom with food. And my role is to just like be your be your motivator and help you get the right questions and help you recognize your limiting beliefs and your mindset. So I suppose that is coaching, but also getting over the thought that like, oh, I need to have more certifications and more education in order to be successful. And just realizing, like, I have so much experience. I have gone through this myself. I have helped so many women through it in my body, mind, and soul. And and being a personal trainer and a fitness instructor for how long have I been doing this? Like, since I was, so like 14 years. Um, I already like naturally have those ten- tendencies. So instead of thinking like before I could launch a program and offer coaching, I would, I had a bit of like, um, a concern, like, should I get a real certification before they do this? But I don't believe that you need to. I believe that life experience is the most important thing. And of course, with personal training and nutrition, I believe in certifications. I believe when you're working with people's bodies and muscle, mu- muscles, muscles, <laughs> muscles, and skeleton and that sort of thing, like, and nutrition wise, like, if you're gonna be giving people dietary advice, you need to know what you're talking about and you need to be certified. So I believe that certifications are very important. But with the coaching, also I also believe that that's very important. I'm sure there's a ton of value and I may end up getting a certification, but I didn't want that to stop me from creating a program and helping people while I could and and just getting started. And I, and I learned so much from reading books and listening to podcasts and meeting other coaches and having coaching. I, I believe that I'm I'm learning so much already like I'm not sure what else would be added I'm sure there would be lots of added value but anyway that was the biggest obstacle I had to kind of overcome um next question was what is the biggest risk you had to take to truly shift your life into your dream career so um I mean it was it's always like quitting your job really like um I had to quit my job at panorama I had to quit waitressing which was like my main income and I did it before I was ready and I think that's important I think it's really scary to quit your job and just like leap into the unknown but I have done that every time (laughs) and I think it what it does is it's just like with the whole manifesting thing is it creates space where the good just like is comes right in it's like a magnet so the minute that i quit um at panorama and quit waitressing i had so much space freed up and then all of a sudden i had all these clients coming in i had all these opportunities and i was able to go like full-time on my own and that that worked really well for me um and when i the other big risk was um leasing the gym i I didn't really know how I was going to pay for it like I had I I have a bit of like a rosy outlook on life I didn't sit down with a business plan and think I need to do this this and this in order to pay for the gym I honestly I just went for it and I I always live my life this way like I trust that that everything is going to work out and it does and that's a belief that I have and and it And it always is proven true. So that is what I believe. But if you believe that you need to have a full on plan before you launch into something, then of course, go for it if that makes you feel more in alignment. But for me, that makes me feel stressed and anxious. It makes me feel like I'm like labeling clients as like a money number. And I they're people to me and they're my friends. And I just trust that like it will work out and I will be supported. And it's it's been continuously proven true for me. Um, and then I'm, I'm shifting into my career again, and I don't believe that your career is going to stay stagnant forever. Like there's always going to be shifts and risks you have to take. And luckily I'm not very scared of taking big risks. I find it to be like invigorating and exciting, <laughs> um, in work wise anyway, um, um, So I'm shifting again and I've just let go of personal training, which was very scary. That's a huge part of my income. It almost feels like I'm quitting my job all over again. And I've just opened up all this space in my schedule and I'm just like, who am I to do this? Holy shit, what am I doing? Like my ego is piping in, but I am trusting that this this is what I wanted for so long. And I want to be pursuing the things I love and following my happiness. And this is what's making me happy. So I'm trusting it and hoping for the best. So... If you see me start personal training again, you'll know that um, something went wrong along the way. <laughs> um, next question was, what was the tipping point for you to get into fitness and then into manifestation? So really, it just comes down to I always follow what feels good and what I love. So um, 10 years ago, when I got into fitness, I kind of talked about that on my happiness podcast, I was in a pretty bad depression. Me and Jeremy had just broken up. And um I had hurt my back, all these different things. And, um, I started writing down three good things every day. And I noticed that pretty much every day it was something to do with fitness. And it was, it always made me feel happy to teach a class or elevate people and get in front of the room and just like be, um, outgoing and, I followed that and that led me into the career of personal training and the gym and then nutrition. I was always really interested in. I loved reading about it. So I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to pursue that. And now it's like self-development. I love, I became obsessed with self-development. I was reading all the books and that's what led me to Tony Robbins. And then I got into the manifestation and I noticed like this is what makes me so happy, like the meditation, the visualization, the helping women with breakthroughs, like that is what lights me up now. So that is what I'm following. And that's when I created the Manifest Mondays and the Manifesting Dream Body and and this podcast, like I love chatting about mindset and manifestation and intuitive eating. So I'm always following what feels good for me and what I love. And that just like is a natural way for me to make sure I'm staying in alignment and doing what I'm supposed to be doing because I believe we're supposed to love what we do. So that's that's how I, um, that was the tipping point was just realizing like this is what I love and when something kind of takes over my life and become obsessed with it, I always create it into a way to make money as well. So I get to do what I love and get paid. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're into the questions on manifesting. So somebody asked, is it better to do entire dream life or one aspect at a time when manifesting and honestly that is totally personal preference so i like to have a vision board and on my vision board it's usually a big grander scale of things i'm just like they're kind of like in the slightly more immediate future like maybe in the next year or two years i never really think like that far ahead like 10 years down the road which i just kind of realized when you guys asked me these questions but um so I kind of vision board everything that's on my mind. Like whatever comes to mind of what I want, that's what I vision board. Um there's no rules around it, but then I typically fo- focus on like one or two things at a time. So for a while there I was really focused on manifesting money. And then that started to feel pretty easy and now I've been focused on manifesting like happiness and self-love and finding like aligned clients and making sure manifesting kind of like success in my next endeavor. So as I kind of step away from personal training, just kind of manifesting the right people to come in and take over my clients and build those connections and keep the gym like a really safe, wonderful community. And just so you guys know, I'm still teaching all my boot camps and body, mind and soul. Nothing else has changed unless you're a personal training client. Um I'm still here. So Don't worry. Um, So I typically focus on kind of one or two things at a time. And sometimes it'll change from day to day. When I was like kind of manifesting my dream body, it was I was pretty focused on that like every day. But really, it's like when it really comes down to, you don't really need to be manifesting anything specific and always be focused on it. It's more just living your life in alignment of having the things that you want and thinking like, how does that feel? Am I happy? Am I excited? Am I joyful when I wake up every day? And how can I feel that way? So that is like my main focus is feeling like I'm really loving every day and staying present in each, in each moment and feeling happy. When I'm not happy, then I just, I question what's going on and how can I flip that? Um, Best way to turn off constant how thinking for things I'm trying to manifest. Great question. So what she's referring to is, like you've set a, an intention and when you're manifesting, you're not supposed to worry about the how it's going to happen. You're supposed to focus on um, following the nudges and um, surrendering and letting go. So literally that's what I would say. Trust and surrender. Let go of the control. Think of some things in your life that are easy for you. I had this realization on my, on my Manifest Mondays live the other day. Like career and business is easy for me because I always trust that it will work out and I'm like no matter what I just trust that it will be okay and it's funny because in relationships I feel like I'm constantly second guessing myself and that creates like a problem like I'm creating my own reality in every situation and I was like if I just let go and trusted in all aspects of my life like I trust with like business and relationships and friendships and family then then life would then everything would be so easy. Where was I talking? I was like, I was like getting with that. Um, so yes, the trust and surrender. Think of things that work out for you easily. How are you viewing those in your life? What are your beliefs in that area? Like if you've always naturally been thin, you don't worry about food. You don't think about exercise. You just naturally don't even think about it. You just know that your body will tell you what it needs. See if you can apply that to what you're worrying about. Um, And just know that anytime you cut yourself with the how, I just remind myself, like, it doesn't matter. That's not my responsibility. And all I need to do is follow the nudges. So, and anytime I've tried to force the how, it never works. So, if you um, have noticed that in your own life, like, anytime I set an intention, I'm like, okay, well, this is how I'm going to get there. And then I try to follow these steps and I force myself into it. It just feels crappy and it's usually the longer way around rather than just letting go following the nudges staying in alignment and like those nudges are like a shortcut to your goals so trust that you're going to get there faster when you're in alignment and you're following nudges um what is your favorite thing you have manifested and how do you get past the disbelief of the process so this is the last question um i think my favorite thing honestly is there's a few things but really manifestation has made me into a very positive person. And I really love that about myself, as well as my happiness. So manifesting my happiness, and then um, recovery from my eating disorder was huge. That was obviously my biggest struggle throughout my entire life. And the fact that I have kind of manifested my way into recovery, as well as losing 35 pounds, still blows my mind. Um, Also, my relationship with Jeremy, I must say, like, that's still kind of like, is crazy to me that we have ended up back in each other's lives after six years and just i can't i just like it just makes me trust in the universe and know that everything is going to work out if it's supposed to work out that way so Um, and how do you get past the disbelief? Honestly, I've always believed in it. Um, because of the quantum physics behind it, the vibration, energy, frequency, it always just makes so much sense to me. And I've seen it work over and over and over again in my life. Like there's no way I can possibly deny that this works. And if you start getting into the science, like if you need some scientific proof, like just look up quantum physics and look at how, how the energy of your thoughts are shifting your reality reality and the vibration and frequency are bringing things into your reality, it's actually amazing um, when you just apply the physics behind it. And if that's more logical for you to understand, then that might be more helpful. But I just believe I just, it's just one of those things. It's like, why do you believe that the sky is blue? It's like, you just see it as blue and you believe it. Like, I've just always believed in this. As soon as I read it, it it made so much sense to me. And I was like, yes, this is, this explains my whole life. This explains like how I've ended up where I am. And this explains like moving forward, what I want to do. So that's been always easy for me. So I don't know if that helps, but that is my Q and a episode. I think that's the longest episode we've ever had. So thank you guys. Oh, so much for listening to that whole thing. If you did, I really appreciate it. And let me know if you have any more questions. I'll do another Q and a maybe in like a month or so. And if I didn't fully answer your question to satisfaction, just shout, send me a message on Instagram at training by Tara Brunette, and I will make sure I answer it to the full extent so that you feel like you understand. So have a lovely day, everybody, and I will chat with you all soon.